the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back as we head into hour two. Happy uh, and delighted to uh, take your call. 602-508-0960. I'd love to know uh, what your thoughts are, what your mood is. If you thought, um, you, if you were surprised uh, by certain races, if you weren't um, by others. I uh, gave my monologue uh, in the first hour. You can always get it at 960thepatriot.com. I am a lot more upbeat uh, than most of my conservative uh, brethren and sisterhood in social and other media. Um, I'll just give you a a reprise just very simply. Um, I think we did well, and, and, and the votes are still being counted, and the results are not in in a lot of places. But it looks like we took the House of Representatives. We have a good shot at the U.S. Senate. We retired uh, three bet Norse of the Republican Party. We retired Stacey Abrams, Beto O'Rourke, and Charlie Crist. They they're not gonna they're not gonna haunt and hobgoblinize us anymore. We took out the head of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, uh, and we may have shifted the majority of Arizona's congressional gele- delegation to majority Republican from majority Democrat. Um, this is not a day for Democrats to cheer. This is a Republican day. While we're saying it's not as good as we hoped. They're saying it's not as bad as it looked. We're talking about levels of good. They're talking about levels of bad. That's where I would want to be. And then as a friend of mine uh, wrote me, last thing I'll say before I get to your calls, if we're being honest, if this summer you said we'd lose the Senate or the Dems would keep the Senate, but we'd win the House and Governors DeSantis, Kemp, Abbott and Lake would all win, Kerry Lake would win and become governor, we'd have taken that in a heartbeat. And about a month ago, this is about what the sentiment was with questions about Kemp. Well, he decisively took Stacey Abrams down. So uh, buck up, cheer up. I, I, I get it's a cloudy day, but my gosh, don't make it. Don't don't let the weather affect the mood. I, I guess that's a seasonal effect disorder among too many of my um, conservative brethren and sisterhood. But maybe you agree and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, anyway. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Mike is in Scottsdale. Hello, Mike. Hey, Seth. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm not quite as upbeat as you, but I guess let me just say first off that I'm not sure uh, it wouldn't be a good thing to have uh, O'Rourke and Abrams to keep running again. <laughs> again I take that point. <laughs> I take the point. Yeah, they keep running them out there. Why not? Yeah, but, right. No, one thing. One thing that really concerns me. I haven't heard or seen much discussion about, it, and that's the the Secretary of of State race, ah. Fontes. Yeah, and, it, it's, and he's he's up in that. And I guess I was a little surprised. I saw uh, how much stuff he did, if you will relative to when he was in the county, Maricopa mm-hmm. County, and mm-hmm. like three or four things, he just flat out violated the law in terms of mm-hmm. election law. And then I didn't realize his support during back the Fast and Furious days, his support for the drug cartels, mm-hmm. uh, criminals that were charged in that. He was one of the, the gang leaders. He was their lawyer back in 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. whenever that time frame was mm-hmm. with the Brian Terry shooting and all of that. So yep. I'm worried about him being at Secretary of State and, 
And I'm hopeful that we can pull off the attorney general because I'm not sure how do you stop him at the state level from pulling shenanigans in 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take I take the point. I take the point. Yeah. So latest count and 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 keep in mind, we're we're still bringing in tranches. And I think we're going to get another big one around six. Last I heard, I could be wrong. And if someone out there knows more than I, that which is likely, that would be great. I think we're going to get another tranche. But from once these tranches are coming, it tends to favor Republicans. Uh, so where some right. of our guys and gals have been losing, they have been gaining steadily. And I think that's going to increase. So right now, for example, you know, I don't remember what the split was. It was a little deeper between Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake when I walked into the studio. It's now narrowed to something like within less than 4,000 votes and, and more to come. Yeah. And I think it's going to favor her. Um, it's something like it, it's like two-tenths of a percent that's splitting them right now, something like that. Um, the Fincham-Fontes race is a little different. It's a little bit of a wider gap. It's um, uh, it's about 47 or so percent to 52. Might be a little harder to make that up. Um, might be a little harder to make that up. Uh, and I think um, and I think that might also be true in a few other races. Um, it looks like Attorney General yeah. is going our way and probably will continue to go um, into the Rep- Republican but convention, right. yeah, Abe, yeah, he's he's taking the lead. Abe is taking the lead, and uh, just by a hair's breadth, I think like about a, a, a half a percent or so, or maybe maybe uh, something like like a half a percent. I I didn't look at it recently, well, but last would, I heard, yeah. Would that be the spot? The attorney general be the spot to kind of ride herd on Fontes a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. The attorney that, general, that more than anything. That? Um, is is the uh, is is the statutory attorney uh, to, uh, for the state agencies, and uh, yes, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, if if you have, yes, you would want you would want a Republican attorney general to to very much help uh, and to very much assist right. the efforts of the Republican governor. It becomes very difficult well, sure, when that's split. Yeah, well, and I know. I, I've, at least I believe, I know, at least I've, I've been heard or read or saw where Fontes has been getting Soros backing, and I didn't know if that Chris Mays and that Attorney General was getting Mays uh, and Gunnigal, well. yeah, Gunnigal and Maricopa County Attorney's Race, I think, was the top recipient of Soros money. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There, I don't that, know if there's a prosecutor's race in a battleground state that didn't get a lot of Soros money. Yeah, yeah. That's, you yeah. see what's happened with those attorney generals around the area where he's around the country where yeah, he's yeah. attorney like general and district yeah. attorney particularly that that's another big one we should yeah. be celebrating by the way thank you for your call mike that's another big one we should be celebrating we we won the county attorney's office we we won the da's office looks like and uh, you know that is that's the tip of the spear for whether we become san francisco or whether we become you know, Portland or Seattle. That's it. it. And and we did that. We that Rachel Mitchell, bless her heart. I I don't see how she isn't going to win looking at the numbers I, I have or it won't be declared the victor. Thank you again, Mike. Roland is in Chandler. Hi, Roland. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Good. I love the show. Thanks. I listen to it every day on my way home from work. Well, thank uh, you. Question I had for you. So how big do you think our, our influence it is on our elections, uh, just the, the Trump hatred that's out there. Yeah. Do you think it really affects it? I mean, Carrie Lake, amazing, amazing candidate. And if you drive through, you know, City Expression Channel, right from 
most of her signs on top say Trump endorsed. Oh, they kept those I'm, up. I'm okay. I'm a mega supporter. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Trump supporter. But, I mean, even if the guy, you know, saves the baby out of a burning building and hands it <laughs> to the mom, she probably spit on him. Yeah. I mean, the guy couldn't even cure cancer, and it'd be good enough. Yeah, so, right, right. I I'm take just, the point. So with that, how much do you think it affects it? And then another question, do you think it's time for Republicans, to, if it's really affecting it so much, is it more important for a country to try supporting another candidate just because we can't get over this hump with all these crazy Trump haters? Well, it's a deep question, and it has a lot of layers, I think, Roland. Let me, let me start with some thoughts on it and uh, you feel free to interject or, or, or agree or disagree as we go through this. There's a lot to it. Um, I start with the proposition that no matter what Republican we nominate, they're going to go after, uh, they're going to go after, uh, you know, with, with, with a blunderbuss, they're going to go after fork and tongue. You th- just take the example of of Mitt Romney, who's supposedly the kind of Republican we're supposed to be behind, you know, the kind of Republican Democrats tell yeah. us we should have more of, you know, the kind of Republican the elite conservative journals keep touting. Well, OK, if that's true, then why did Joe Biden, the moderate, say to a black audience he's going to put you back in chains? I mean, they will do to Donald Trump, what they did to Ronald Reagan and what they did to George W. Bush and even John McCain. You remember when John McCain was running yeah. for president in 08 and the New York Times went after him as hard as they went after uh, everyone else, the Bushes and, and, and everyone else? He said, after all that time I spent with the New York Times, yes, please understand, they only like you when you're hitting and criticizing other Republicans. That's when you're popular with them. So I think that's going to be there. And I don't think if DeSantis were to run for president, the heat would be any less from the media. Uh, there's right, the music. Hold hold the that, thought, Roland. There's Yeah, there are other layers to this. You're right. And I have to just okay. take the break. So hold it. We'll pick it up. This is this is probably the stuff around this question is probably the thing most people are talking about today. Uh, so we'll come back to it. it. It deserves a little more. Bear with. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I want to mention our sponsor, Bingo Reverse Mortgage. Inflation is slamming retirees, throwing retirement budgets into chaos. And with inflation at a 40-year high, the dollar isn't going as far as it did just months ago. With gas prices sky high, grocery prices increasing over 13% since July, and a recession looming, aging adults are struggling to make ends meet. A reverse mortgage could be the safety net you need to get through these hard times by allowing you to convert the equity in your home into cash. A reverse mortgage could put more money in your pocket for living expenses, help you fight inflation, make your investments last longer, and give you the security in your retirement that you deserve. Call the veteran-owned and staffed Bingo Reverse Mortgage Team at 928-277-4476. That's 928-277-4476, based here in Arizona. Or visit BingoReverseMortgage.com. That's BingoReverseMortgage.com. Mention I sent you and get a free appraisal reimbursed at closing, a $1,000 value. Uh, Roland is on the line, and he was asking, I think the big, the big question a lot of people are talking about today and will be, which is uh, the level to which this notion of the MAGA Republican is hurting the brand or is a bit of a perhaps a millstone on the brand of the Republican Party. Fair enough, Roland, big give or take. The, uh, r- yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it, which it's, it's, 
hard to say because I, I love President Trump. He's yep. a great job. But, yep. I mean, if you even have a left or liberal, I mean, they'll literally compare him to Hitler. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't and, like Biden. And, and the thing I'm trying to remind people them. of is they'll do it to any Republican, right? I mean, Barry Goldwater's uh, 1964 presidential race, the San Francisco Chronicle editorialized at the time, had Main Kampf as its Bible. I mean, they I can go on and on. Uh, the, C, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus called Ronald Reagan a racist. I mean, on and on they've done this to any kind of Republican. Bush, Reagan, Goldwater, McCain, Trump, Romney, you name it. No matter the Republican, that's their go-to. Uh, so there is that out there. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless, um, there is something about about Donald Trump that turns off and turns on. And so don't get me wrong. I don't want to I don't want to just say that this is a half cup proposition. He turns on, but he does turn off within the party, within the party. That's what's kind of a little bit different here. And. And I think it's this, first of all, issue of the phrase MAGA, which, let's not forget, stands for Make America Great Again. It has been turned into a pejorative or noxious word by the Democrats. Um, They think it has this evil-sounding name, and somehow uh, people that believe in MAGA or Make America Great Again, somehow that's supposed to be the equivalent of, I don't know, uh, QAnon or the Oath Keepers. And it isn't. It just isn't. It's it's nothing more than a campaign slogan. Uh, Reagan used the slogan, Make America Great Again. Uh, We seized on it as an acronym. And I think it means different things to different people who say they are, you know, part of the MAGA movement. It's kind of like asking uh, someone what kind of conservative or Republican they are. You will hear oftentimes they'll say, well, I'm a libertarian or something. Uh, Sometimes they'll say I'm a I'm a I'm a social uh, liberal, but an economic conservative. Sometimes you'll get the exact inverse of that, a social uh, cons- uh, conservative and an economic liberal. Um, so I, I, I don't think the term has its own real definition. Uh, you ask someone when they tell you they're a libertarian, uh, like Ron Paul, let's say, uh, probably one of the most libertarian people to ever serve in Congress, uh, Ron Paul. Uh, you know, and yet, you know, he was strong on illegal immigration. Uh, he was pro-life. That's not really part of the Libertarian Party. So it just it's it's a term that seems to kind of be clay both within multiple clay kind of within both those who um, uh, accept it and, 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 and bring it on themselves. And it also seems to be a term that the Democrats have just used to wage um, to wage against us. So I don't. I don't know that, you know, MAGA is a defining thing or a definable thing other than a Republican uh, in the most decisive respects. The big kahuna here is whether Trump is the millstone uh, going forward. And I'll talk about that with Brandon Weikert a little bit. Um, I will tell you, I'm beginning to think a little bit about Trump, just a little bit about the way I think of Richard Nixon. You know, such an important um part of the Republican victory in 1968, won 49 states in his reelection in 72, but he was his own worst enemy. He was his own undoing. And I'm beginning to think maybe a little bit, especially with the stuff he's been saying lately, Donald Trump, just the stuff he's been saying lately seems 
seems to be not quite right for the moment. I mean, why is he going around criticizing Ron DeSantis? Why did he tweet today that he got a million more votes than Ron DeSantis in Florida in 2020? This is not the day for that. Why is he threatening to disclose (laughs) personal information about Ron DeSantis as he did last week? This is this is this is petty. And it looks to be like someone who um, who feels like they have an inferiority complex. You can't have that in someone running for the presidency. It's not a healthy thing. So for everyone who does love Donald Trump, and I take a back seat to no one in my uh, earnest support of him. I wrote a book defending him. I was one of the earliest supporters in 2016 of his candidacy. I'm just beginning to think maybe it's time to look at someone who could do what Ron DeSantis did in a state like Florida and think that's more the model than what we've kind of been getting now. I, I, I'm, I'm, that's where I'm headed. I don't know where you think, where, where you stand. Do you, hope, uh, do you hope Donald Trump runs in 2024? I hope he doesn't for the reason that I would really like to see Ron DeSantis run and win. Um, I, it's an answer that Dennis Prager gives that I really like. I have one interest, one interest only, and it's defeating the left. And Ron DeSantis, I think, is the best guy to do it from where I sit today. Could change. From where I sit today, that's my view. Where do you come down? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, something that can beat this, this hump. It's just something that's going to be there, and it, it's too bad because he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, he said something. Yeah. He said some bad, stupid stuff, but he he did his job as being a president. You bet. And it's, it's a shame it's gotten to this point, that's all. Yeah, it really is. It really, it really is. And if you go back through your, you know, your high school studies of Greek mythology or um, Greek theater and Greek art, you know, that hubris thing, that's the that's the foible that brings you down more than first and more than anything else, right? Pride comes before the fall, doesn't it? There's there's a little bit of that, it seems, um, that's coming to the fore right now. And maybe we'll get through it and maybe we'll get over it. But you can't have um, you can't have I, the, increasingly the Nixon comparison might be a good one as I as I'm working it through with you out on air. I mean, he was an indispensable part of the conservative movement, an indispensable man of the Republican Party. Probably the most impactful Republican of the second half of the 20th century just wouldn't have been the same uh, without him. But in the end, was his own undoing. If you look, by the way, here's 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 a fun piece of history. If you go online and look at Nixon's uh, farewell address to the staff, not his resignation that he did to the nation, but the farewell address to the staff, you'll see. He admits that at the very end, that he was his own worst enemy at the end, and that's what brought him down. I'm worried about that with uh, with our guy. Thanks, Roland. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, why refi is offering an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market. Portfolio, well, you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And there's no loss principle if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no Fees. It's a secure. It's an investment in a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed rate. How high? Up to ten point two five percent rate of return. 
That's right, 10 and a quarter percent rate of return. YRefi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34. Investyrefi.com or 888-YREFI-34. Thomas in Scottsdale. Hello, Tom. Hey, Seth. How are you? Doing great. Hey, uh, I may or may not have a different perspective, but I honestly think long-term that this is the best thing that could have happened uh, for us to not have that red wave. All we needed was a few seats to put the brakes on the puppet that's in the Oval Office. Hopefully we'll pick up the Senate. I think Carrie Lake's going to take us through. And um, this gives uh, President Trump uh, an off-ramp, a good excuse to go gently into the night. Um, I think uh, you said the same thing. There's so many of us this last year when we have the topic, do you wish he'd run again? And we all say no, but if he does, we'll support him. Yeah, there, there uh, is. You you made a good point. uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, with what happened last night, I, 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 he's a very proud man, but, uh, he's not blind and this might give him an excuse, uh, uh, a really good a really good off ramp quite you, you make a you made a good point in something that had not occurred to me um and I'm glad you did it because now I'm thinking about it in this way as you're saying it Tom that it would that off ramp is made easier if we have the potential to say if he has the potential to say rather than criticizing Ron DeSantis as he was doing today and yesterday, if he would say, looking at what Ron DeSantis was able to accomplish in Florida, and I am so proud of him, um, it, it, this, this clearly is the kind of person this, that, that needs to take what he did here to the rest of the nation. That, that, that would be self, uh, certainly self-effacing but self-preserving, and it would, um, it would probably – it would probably allow him to um, to be a bit of a kingmaker, which is what he likes to do. You know, he could claim Absolutely. kingmaker status. He does like that, right? He brags about the people he yeah. elevates. Yeah. And I honestly think it'll help bring Republicans uh, together as opposed to a civil war that'll happen if he if he enters the race. I, I don't. I don't think he'll win the nomination. I don't know if he will or won't, but it is a civil war that we don't need. I would much rather see a civil war between Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris than I would between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. That's, (laughs) you know, um, I was thinking Henry Kissinger was once asked about the Iran-Iraq war and what his views were on it. And he said, I hope they both lose. You know, it, we there's there's a lot of lot wrong with that analogy, but but we do not want our party does not need with the wins that we had that were that were good and to be built on last night and today and that I think are forthcoming, particularly here in Arizona. We don't need more fissures anymore. We don't need that. We are we are on the precipice yeah. of becoming the 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 serious overwhelming um party that is going to fix the problems from you know Washington DC to the county attorney and district attorney and state legislatures across the country we are on the precipice of being that a civil war is 5 steps back if if last night was 2 steps forward a civil war would take us 5 steps back 
And honestly, I think this sets us up better for 2024 that we that we didn't have a lot of wins. Now it gives us a bigger potential because now we don't have to try to hold on to those seats. We can go try to grab them, um, which could give us an, you know. An- another spent- shot at that, which we thought we might have had, but need to tinker around the edges with. I take the point, Tom. And he's it's wasted a good one. the oil reserves yeah. and yeah. everything. He shot. Yeah. All, he shot all his ammo. He's, yeah, he's he's only going downhill. I, I think that's right, Tom. I think that's a good perspective. I like the way that you thought about that off ramp. That gives me a good way to think about it. That's a good thought. Thank you. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It is a delight to bring back our uh, constitutional and election attorney and scholar, Brett Johnson. He is an attorney, a partner with the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com, one of the nation's most uh, sought-out attorneys on election and constitutional issues. So we're delighted that you could spend some time with us today on a demanding day for you, Brett. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. I'll get to sleep eventually. Yeah, that's right. Someone once told me, you know, for those of us that sometimes, you know, have have to burn the candle at both ends and tire. Someone said, well, you know, the the worst thing about being tired is being tired. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, as long as you keep taking your balance of nature or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Brett. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about a few things. Um, one is some of these races look so darn close, at least from where we see them right now, within a percent or so. Can you talk about where recounts are required, triggered, or, or you know, potentially asked for? Yes, and and you almost hit it, Seth. You <laughs> almost hit it. It's not a percent or so. <laughs> it is half of 1% okay. that will trigger a recount. Okay. And let me make sure everybody's clear, because a lot of people say, well, you know, there are, you know, 4 million registered voters in Arizona, and so what you're really saying is a half of 1% of those voters. No, it really is on a on an election office-by-office um, office basis. Okay. So, for example, you know, there are three people who are running for U.S. Senate right now, uh, Mark Kelly, Blake Masters, and then the Libertarian. Although the Libertarian withdrew, withdrew um, late enough in the game that his name was still on the ballot. Okay, mm-hmm. so because he only received about two percent, is what I'm I'm uh, calculating right now. Yep. You would only add up Mark Kelly's and Blake Masters' vote totals. How many How many votes did they each get? Mm-hmm. Don't look at, at at the governor's race or the secretary's of state's race or anybody else's race. You only look at them. You add that up. You calculate one percent. You then divide by half to get to a number, and then you'll have your recount. That, that's the trigger for the recount. Now, so if you're using numbers right now, and I have them up on my screen from the Secretary of State's office, um, basically for, for the governor's race, the margin would, if you were using these numbers, right, because, again, not everybody yeah. votes in every yeah, single race. Yeah, and I think I'm looking race. at the same thing you are. You, Go ahead, you, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, you'd have about an 8,900 uh, vote spread to trigger the recount. Okay. For the Senate, it would be very close, about 8,800 um, to trigger a recount there between Mark Kelly and Blake Masters. So it is, it is a, it's a very short number. Now, when that happens, and, and I was involved in, in probably the most recent one where it was uh, Representative McSally at the time, before mm-hmm. she was senator, mm-hmm. um, down in Tucson against Ron Barber. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that circumstance, that it's just, uh, the recorders would 
determine that there was this close race or the Secretary of State if it crossed county lines, and then they would actually file a, a lawsuit, um, most likely in Maricopa County, and then a judge would look at the results that had occurred and then order the recount, and everything is done on judicial review. The reason why you have it under judge is because the parties would then intervene. In this case, Blake Masters and Mark Kelly would intervene and be part of those proceedings. And then they would hash it out in court. A judge is reviewing the entire process and obviously comes to a conclusion at the end. Okay. So a recount constitutes then if it is required or if it goes forward, if the judge says, yeah, we go forward with the recount, what happens? So at the, at that point, then um, basically a, a certain um, or I'm sorry, all of the ballots for that race then are put through the tabulation machines again. Okay. Now a lot of people get confused. Oh, recount! That means they're going to do it by hand. Right. That is a completely different statutory framework and has its own triggers for a hand count for auditing purposes. Okay. In regard to the recount, they're just put through the machine again. Then, then a tabulation comes out um, at the end, just like you would in a normal race, but only for that race, for uh-huh. Senate or for governor. Right. And then that is actually sealed, presented to the judge. The judge would then come out. Usually there's maybe one. It's, it's, it's very close, usually, I'll be honest with you. As, uh, you know, we're talking about six different votes, and there's reasons. And the judge will ask for an explanation as to why there is a difference. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And sometimes there's, there's not a real good rational reason, but it's usually so close in the margin that the parties just accept the accept the results at that point. So, but there is a process. Though, if you don't like how the recon is being processed, that's the reason why a judge um, is put into place. You can run into court and say, "I don't think that they're doing the recount correctly." Okay. Separate from that, though, again, is the hand count that a lot of people try to bring into the recount process. Talk to me about when there is that, or is there anything that is is there a vehicle for that for the for the mm, hand count? Not, not not for the recount purposes, okay. but again, they, they all influence each other. So I separate understand. from okay. that, there's going to be a hand count process that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and under current law, it's changed over the last few years. It's either 2% of precincts or 2% of voter center ballots. So there's some counties, Maricopa, actually majority of counties now are voter centers. You go anywhere in the county to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. Some still do precinct voting where you have to go to a specific location. So 2% of precincts in those locations, 2% of the voter center or two of the voter centers, whichever number is, is more. I know we're talking math here and both you and I are out of our element. <laughs> <laughs> but th- then those those are, are actually hand counted for a purposes of the auditing process to see if there's any irregularities. Okay. Now, again, that re- that hand count process could influence, of course, the recount process. I gotcha. Uh, can I ask you this then, Brett? Uh, it's a slightly different issue. It's, it's a question I get all the time. You probably do, too. Why is it taking so long to get an answer? It never used to be this way. I'm not sure it never used to be this way. My sense was that the counting always went forward for several days, if not longer. It's just that the answer was so clear the media was able to make the call earlier. But I may be wrong totally about this. 
You're you're mostly correct, okay. but I do want to explain that there has been obviously processes changes over the last 20 years in Arizona and actually the nation. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so majority of states now allow some form of mail-in ballot. Mm-hmm. You might need an excuse; it might be unexcused, like in Arizona. But there's a mail-in ballot. Okay. When that process goes through, that that envelope needs to be have confirmed on the signature. So most states allow mail-in ballots until seven o'clock of election day. State of Washington, a few others actually allowed to be postmarked on election day. So they're still going to get envelopes up until like Saturday, right? So so as part of that, they have to go through the signature review process first. Then the ballot is separated. from. Once those ballots are, are accepted, then they're separated from the envelope, and then they have to be run through the machine. As you can imagine, with literally millions of ballots coming in that way, it does take a while. Now, Arizona tried to address this issue by allowing the counties to do that process, I think, a week before the election process to try to keep up. But then again, you know, by Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Monday, people are dropping those off at the election site. Again, the signature needs to be reviewed, mine included, and and then it has to go through the process. And because our elections are so tight now, they're not able to call them. Um, and, of course, you have uh, what we call provisional ballots, conditional provisional ballots, and yep. when you have these types of margins, you have to go through all of the ballots before you could call something. So you, you're correct, though. But is the it fair why to the say it takes so long is because uh, you have to count for every vote vote by the time the canvas occurs. Okay, so and that I, takes a while. I might no have been what. under a misimpression, which or or I might be missing a bridge to the two points you're making here. I was under the impression that if you mail in your ballot in Arizona, we're just talking Arizona. If you mail in your ballot sure. in Arizona, that's those are counted before voter day votes. Am I wrong about that? Was that, Am I just wrong about that? First in, first it, it, count, I thought. You're no. right. It, okay. it, you're right, except for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday ballots that are now being accumulated, yeah. right, in, yeah. in many cases. Yeah. And then you have to you have to run the tabulation. You have to have run that election itself. Uh-huh. You do have some lingering uh-huh. ones. Uh-huh. And then, and then you have all the. Obviously, you're able to drop off your mail-in ballot at the election site. So that's another counter, right? I so usually, they they tell you ahead of time, hey, if you want your vote counted before the election, you need to have it uh, mailed by last Monday or something, right? right. right? Yeah. So that that's the whole reason for that. It's not because for the post office to necessarily drop it off, uh-huh. although that might be a reason too. It's also so they can get ahead of the calculation process. I gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, Brett, you're always so clear and good. I just want to thank you again for uh, everything oh. you do in explaining this stuff for me. I don't know about this. When you're talking about these election laws and mathematics, um, you know, it's clear as mud even for the lawyers. <laughs> well, go sue someone, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Johnson from the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com. I'm Seth Leapson. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Brandon Weikert is going to make a repeat performance with us, but we're going to just talk election stuff. Uh, he from Florida um, has a lot of insight as to lessons learned or lessons that should be learned, uh, given how DeSantis won so victoriously. Uh, again, I think he won by over 20 points this time, when only four years ago he won within a point. Um, that Having been said, there's also, you know, these votes that are coming in that haven't been counted yet. So it's important to take a look at where they're coming from, the bulk here in in Maricopa County, and 
any anyone at this point that says Katie Hobbs is winning or has won, they don't understand where the votes are coming from. It's looking particularly good. The smart bet is for Carrie Lake, given the trends and given where these votes are coming from. It um, it may look not as good, not as good. It may look not as good um, for some of the others. But, you know, no fat women have sung yet, if I can say that. <laughs> no fat women have sung yet on any or in any case. Uh, it looks like the AG's race, as if it stays about where it's at right now, that looks to be an automatic triggering of a recount the way Brett uh, Johnson was just describing it. Um, I think the way the trends are going, though, Kerry will win beyond the need of a recount. So, um, Keep hope alive, I suppose, and um, and 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 don't don't uh, don't give up, don't give up the ship. Uh, yeah, you pay me for all those quotes, right? All right, Brent, Brandon Weikert and I will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com <laughs> 